Welcome to The Front Line, the sales and marketing podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Front Line Sales and Marketing Podcast, where we aim to provide entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders with the three T's, the tools, tips, and techniques that help improve sales and marketing knowledge for better results. I'm Avon Collis, CRM and Marketing Automation Specialist, and I'm joined here today with Jason Howes. How are you? Very well, thanks, Avon. Thanks for having me on today. No worries at all. So Jason is from Arrow Exec, and he does the sales training, coaching, assessing, uh, basically everything to do with executive search. And we can, why don't you t- start off and tell us a bit about yourself and um, I believe you had had quite an interesting experience as a sales manager. Yes, Avon, uh, 30 years experience in sales. Um, starting at quite an early age of about 19, I went out on the road selling for the first time, which was quite interesting selling to builders in a, in a small country town. And it was a fairly uh, interesting introduction to sales. And fortunately, I was given the opportunity uh, at an early age to do that. But looking back now, certainly uh, have learned a lot over the years and still continue to learn. So I've been in, in sales for retail, trade, uh, and also wholesale timber products and building supplies. And looked after teams ranging from sort of five up to about 18 nationally and over a period of, uh, yes, nearly 30 years in, in sales. So about two years ago, uh, I decided to take the plunge into uh, out of corporate and into my own business, chasing a, a work-life uh, balance change for my daughters and myself mm-hmm. and decided to start Arrow Executive Sales Consultants and really just being there to offer support to sales and business leaders on, on being able to develop a high-performance sales teams. Yeah, wow. So uh, it's safe to say you, you know what you're talking about then. I've got a lot of experience, but I think everybody in sales must realize that you, you still do continue to learn. Well, it's a muscle. You've got you to gotta train it. You've got to keep going back to the well and keep learning about it. So um, how, how do you know or what makes a good salesperson? Look, I mean, a lot of it depends on the sort of person you're looking for and, and the particular role you're looking for. And I think commitment still commitment to sales is, is, is still very critical. Um, when we're looking for salespeople, if they're not committed to sales and doing whatever it takes to be good in sales, well, then that, that is an issue. Uh, obviously, motivation is, is a big thing. You need to be motivated to sell and, and we need to know what does motivate each person to sell. Uh, the ability to build relationships is very critical as well, particularly very early on in the sales process. Mm. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different areas. Um, and obviously, as you know, a lot of people want to rush from start to close very, very quickly these days. Mm. Um, obviously, having that milestone-centric sales process and using that and following it does make you a lot much better salesperson. So what? Um, how do you know if, obviously if you're hiring salespeople, then you, you know, there's a big expense if they're not the right fit and you spend a lot of time, you know, doing the the recruitment and, you know, you probably got to get a couple months down the process to find out if they're any good or not. How do you know if you've got a good salesperson? Look, it's a very good question, Avon. And 
these days it's you know there's a lot of people looking looking for jobs and, and you know you can advertise and you can have over 100 to 200 applications the, the big thing that i find is that a lot of companies tend to um go for the cheapest possible price of finding that person mm. obviously you know they just want to put an ad on seek and then do a range of interviews and then select the best possible person at that moment um and I think that can definitely have a, a, a fairly bad reflection on, uh, on who you do get sometimes. So I, you're sort of saying that it's not necessarily, uh, you're not getting the right person. You're just getting the person who was kind of there at the time applying. Is, is that what you mean? Oh, I look and it can go that way. I suppose it depends on the, how soon they need a replacement salesperson. Um, yeah. that, that can have an effect. And, and I have seen, over the years uh, myself as well, that as you know, most business and sales leaders, you know, they don't have a lot of time. And, and that is a big, a big area. Do you ever find like a business owner or a sales manager would just sort of like, say for example, you put the ad out, you, you do a few of the interviews and, and you don't find the right person. Do they just, do they just grab the, someone from that pool of people that they've applied for? Or do you ever find that they just go, no, we didn't find anyone. We're going to keep going back to the well or we're just going to leave it for now and, and maybe try again in a month or something like that. Look, I think it'd be fair to say probably possibly all of those options. Mm. Um, there's definitely, yeah. I think, I think there's probably a misconception where you've kind of spent the effort, you've spent the money. There's a bit of continued effort bias if you just go and hire someone. So I, I think, you know, it needs to sink in sometimes that it's okay not to hire if you don't find the right person because it probably do more damage. Oh, look, absolutely. And, and I have been in that situation where you've got territories that are not being serviced. Um, obviously, that then puts pressure back on the sales manager and the business in general. Mm. Uh, I mean, from my point of view now, obviously, with, with having a lot more experience and also a lot more learning and development in, in the area of hiring better salespeople, that, yeah, most definitely, if you can't find the right person, then the answer is don't, don't put anyone on and continue to to search until you do find the person that, um, that is going to fit the criteria. And I think what you also find as well is that the companies will have someone internally and they'll go, <clears throat> you know what, this person's been with the business for a while. Let's just give them a go and see how that works out. And that normally doesn't work out because mm. that person generally has had no sales training or coaching or development. And then they sort of pushed into the position. That, that's a big one with uh, engineering firms. I think what happens is they've got someone who's really good on the tools and they're, they're very technical. And so they end up getting promoted to managerial. And so they don't, either don't have managerial um, uh, experience, so they're expected to be a manager. And then when they, uh, if they get promoted enough, they become a partner and then they're expected to bring in sales. <laughs> so they've kind of started from the, the doing the backend work that quite often they like to something that they're, it's a natural progression in the company for some reason, but it doesn't suit their skill set or their style, or it may not actually be the best outcome for the company. I couldn't agree more. And actually I have had some experience recently with an engineer and he openly admitted that, you know, he wasn't a salesperson, but effectively as the owner of the business, he was, you know, required to do, do it all. So we actually helped him find a, a quality sales manager, which made a big difference for him. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of guesswork in that process. Um, what, what, what are the, some of the attributes that make up a good salesperson? 
Look, I think these days for me, uh, a lot of companies are looking for a, uh, a sales hunter or a business development specialist. Um, a lot of salespeople, there's a very small percentage of salespeople that can do that successfully. Uh, I mean, out of a team, you might have maybe 10 to 15% that, that want to or is uh, are capable and or will allocate the time to develop new business. I think um, definitely, you know, obviously someone that has that is able to uh, follow a sales process um, is, is, is a big part of it. And also someone that is going to, uh, to yeah, be able to close the sale. And, and by Hunter, you mean someone who's going to actively go out and drum up business where there was no need or necessary, maybe not need, but no known need or no uh, active outreach on behalf of the customer. Yes. So yeah, there's a lot of businesses that I talk to that they're, customer base uh, and their sales are not growing because they actually don't have anybody who is effective at developing new business. And, and I think that is a, that's a big area that I quite often get approached with, with is, um, yeah, can you help? We need to grow the sales and we need to find someone that can actually do that. I was talking to someone earlier who, uh, you know, was sold the Kirby vacuums and they basically went out door to door, pounding the pavement, creating the business from nothing. And I think a lot of times people think sales is you answer the phone or you stand in the showroom, which is kind of reactive. It's not really proactive. And, and I think that's what you mean by the hunter side is, uh, and just to sort of like deconstruct it for some of the less technical or less uh, industry knowledge, uh, industry jargon. Uh, knowledgeable people of, you know, what a hunter is versus a collector or what a, uh, someone who uh, sort of answers phones versus goes door to door. I think a lot of, a lot of people have a misconception or a perception about outbound sales, you know, like calling up like cold calls, you know, they don't, they don't seem fun. Um, going door to door. Uh, they There's a stigma about door to door sales person, um, but it doesn't always mean that does it? Like there's other other means and ways. Oh, look, and you're right. And every business is different in what they're looking for. And I think uh, a lot of the areas of opportunity uh, where, where, where I work with is to actually yeah, really uncover the, the particular type of person they're actually looking for. Mm. And I think that's really important straight away to, you know, obviously look at their ideal client profile as well to, to help the salesperson be able to go, okay, well, yeah, what sort of client are we actually looking for? And, and, and yeah, how, what do they look like? What's the size of the business? And, you know, is our messaging effective and giving the tools to the salesperson to be able to effectively develop that new business. I think a lot of the times, you know, they're just thrown in there to do it, but obviously not given the support from the business or, or the sales manager. So. Well, you mentioned um, a structured process and you also mentioned milestone based sales process. What's, um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, look, I think there's a lot of businesses that have, that have been so busy, you know, servicing their accounts and obviously the, the nature of the industries have changed over the years. And I think it's, you know, they've brought new salespeople into the business and, you know, we tend to hire um, the same sort of people as well as ourselves. So we sort of tend to go down that road when we are looking to, to hire. Uh, and then I think as far as sales process is concerned, it's, it's very important to, to have that structured process to make sure that your team and the sales people are actually, you know, they're not rushing to sort of get from start to close 
so quickly, we, we, we find that a lot of salespeople sort of go, oh, look, I just can't win any new business. And they sort of tend to give up and do what they're comfortable doing. Yeah. When effectively, they're missing a lot of the stages of, you know, discovery and, and, you know, qualifying is very important. So we all tend to spend a lot of time in areas where it's actually, they don't suit our ideal client profile or they're never potentially going to buy off us. Mm. Get caught in that sort of area. And then obviously, you know, we jump to present a lot too quickly these days as well without uncovering a lot of the critical information on, on you know, what the client is actually looking for. What the pain points you want to solve, yeah. Absolutely. And um, I guess, you know, a lot of times people don't, uh, like the statistics on follow-up is, uh, um, you know, 46% of uh, people stop after the first follow-up attempt. And, you know, follow-up doesn't always have to mean that, um, you know, you're, you try and ring them five times. It could be that you check in with them and then, you, you know, over time, different, different methods of follow-up can be on different channels. It could be just a phone call or a pop-in or something like that. And, and, you know, I think by breaking it down, you get this thing called the relationship effect where, um, you know, that time is actually critical, critical to add time in, not take time out, like you're saying. Um, and I, I guess as far as like having a, a structured process is, you know, understanding the, the, the metrics and how long they spend at each one and what are the critical thing, bits of information to learn and, and making it available for somebody else. So um, obviously you've interviewed quite a number of uh, people in your time. Um, what would you say is, uh, is the most important thing when, when you're interviewing someone? Well, I think the starting point is to really make sure you're interviewing the right people to start with, because as you know, I mean, you can waste a lot of time in looking through applications of people that say they're really good in particular areas because they want to get to that, that interviewing process. And I, I think that's really critical. And um, from my experience over the years, look, I've done some, I'd say reasonably average interviews over the years and sometimes, and a lot of, it, I think was because I was just so time poor. I mean, I had so much going on and I had to fill the, you know, fix the situation. And, mm. and I definitely over the last few years, you know, I've invested a lot more time and focus into making sure that I'm actually interviewing the, you know, a small amount of the right people instead of, you know, instead of interviewing sort of six to 10 people and then mm. getting to, and going, wow, what am I going to do here? It's, it's really getting that those key area, uh, key people in front of you to start with. Mm. And then obviously being able to make sure that what they're saying they can do, they can and and really you know opening the floor of the interview up to them and letting them letting them tell you yeah why why do they why did they apply for the job and why do they want the job and what value do they bring to the business and really let them open up to you so if um uh i was talking to someone the other day and they had a um about uh, a sales job open and they had about 170 odd applicants. And they said 70% of the applicants were not even in Australia. So there's like, when you say with the quality is they've just hit the uh, apply via LinkedIn or whatever, and it's mapped. They think they haven't even read the job. They don't even know where it is. They're just going bang, 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 bang through all the lists and, uh, and adding their name to it. 
obviously, yeah. So you're definitely going to get some junk. You're going to get some people that don't do, um, you know, the cover letter, don't do the basics, don't fill out all of those sorts of things. So there's some of the more traditional screening methods. What, uh, what, are, what are some other screening methods that, that you use? I'm an Australian partner for the Objective Management Group and, and part of the, uh, the, the products that the group offers is a sales candidate assessment tool. Yeah. It's actually voted number one uh, nine years running in, in the world. So it's, it enables me to be able to work with my clients and basically select a criteria that they're looking for for the position and that type of person and also to look at the types of products they want to sell in the market that they operate. And... Basically, via the assessment, we actually provide a link, which is then emailed out to every person that applies for a job. And it's interesting you say what you mentioned before, Avon, because mm. I've just helped fill two jobs recently. And I'm not a recruiter. Obviously, we have tools that help sales and business leaders recruit. Mm. Uh, we had over 100 apply for the job, both jobs straight away. And basically, once they got the link back in the email saying, this is part of our process, please do the assessment, that got rid of basically 50% straight away. Yeah, so you get rid of the tire kickers, yeah. Got rid of the tire kickers. And then basically five, then roughly five, then still went into the assessment, then realized they couldn't do it. Yeah. And roughly about 40 did the assessment with a about a, a success rate of about six were recommended for hire out of each position. Mm. So if you're sort of, you know, you're potentially saving 20 hours per hire, but you're also saving, you know, obviously the, the, um, the best part of it is you're getting the, the data that actually tells you where these people are, are strong and, and where they're, um, they're good at sales. Yeah, you don't find out uh, three months down the line at the performance review where <laughs> it hasn't worked out or they haven't, you know, joined the culture or they haven't done uh, as well as they said they were going to do or, or whatever. So... No, I think that's really good and that's really important. Um, now, we were talking earlier and we discussed um, the importance of uh, the role and the definition of the role. Can you go into a bit more detail about that? I, I do a lot of work with my clients to have a really good understanding of their current team first. So we actually, uh, we talk about the current team format, uh, what they're looking for and we out of that, we then come to the conclusion, okay, what does, what do we want out of this new person? And hmm. then we actually incorporate that into the assessment. So it actually, we make sure that, you know, if we're looking for a business development sales manager or sorry, sales hunter, well, we're actually got the attributes in there for, to monitor that. And, or if we want someone that's, you know, I've expanded sales teams nationally before. And when you get to a new state, um, which a lot of companies do, it becomes very difficult because you don't really know anyone in that state uh, and, and or you're trying to develop new business. So, yeah, if you're putting that wrong person in and you want to grow the sales, well, then, yeah, you're, you're going to have a, a big challenge ahead of you, which, which I have had in the past myself. And I'd imagine whilst not, uh, not impossible, it would be very difficult and quite expensive to relocate one of your more experienced local um, salespeople down into that state because then they don't have the relationships already in place. They don't know the environment or the territory or the, you know, maybe the common local vernacular. So yeah, absolutely. And, and that I would imagine that would tie back into having a really good assessment at, uh, at the outset um, to be able to screen the right people as well. We actually had, I had an, uh, an actual experience probably about six or seven years ago and it was exact, exactly that situation. We actually had an existing fairly strong 
market presence in Queensland. Mm. We had, had a guy here that was actually, he was quite a good account manager and he was doing reasonably well with our existing business. Um, we made the decision, and I think this is where some companies go, get into trouble as well, where you're looking at uh, one role may have a particular component, two different components possibly. One is, um, say, more of a merchandising role, which we had, mm. but we also needed this person to be able to sell and develop new business. And obviously, once we got this person to um, the new state, obviously, it became fairly clearly identified straight away that obviously this person was really good at a, a part of the business, but the, the part that we really needed the focus on, it was, uh, it was a challenge. And look, I mean, you learn from those, from those um, situations. And, and I think it's, but looking back, yeah, it, it's obviously, again, when you've got more time uh, and you've had that experience yourself, you can see how much impact it can have on the business. So I guess, um, uh, in closing, we should sort of go over why sales are important and why it's so critical to get it right. Well, as you know, I mean, sales drives most businesses and it's, uh, it's a very critical part of, of the front end. And I think if you, a lot of businesses invest in operations and uh, procedures and, you know, from manufacturing in particular as well, but, it seems to be, and this is part of the reason why I got into doing what I'm doing is that I think a lot of sales teams have really haven't had the investment they deserve. Mm. And that's just, that's just me being honest. I think in, in a lot of cases, I think, um, you know, there's been people leave companies uh, because of the fact that they haven't done as well as they probably, you know, mm. the or they could have done better, but effectively they've only been replaced by new salespeople that are actually worse than the ones that left. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it is, uh, I think business really needs to invest in, in the, the development of sales teams because it is changing and it's, it's very difficult to get in front of people these days. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of noise. It's people are time poor. Uh, there's a lot of competition. Yep. Uh, you've got a lot of corporate companies getting a lot bigger and you've got the smaller smaller medium-sized companies some of those are being bought up by the corporate companies as well so it's certainly out there at the moment and obviously then you add in everything with COVID it's become a very competitive space and I think the beauty of uh, assessing teams is the fact that you uncover it's like going to the doctor you actually go okay where do I need help where am I not well and where do I need help to get better Mm. and I think that's the big area for opportunity with business and sales leaders is to actually um, use the external assistance and, and advice and the tools to be able to find out that information. Yeah. I really like that. Find out where you're unwell and get better. <laughs> That's very good. Awesome. All right. Well, um, uh, thank you very much for your time today, Jason. And uh, if you'd like to get in touch with Jason, p- please feel free to check him out on LinkedIn or go to arrowexec.com.au. Uh, The link will be in the socials and in the blog post associated with this episode. If you have any topics you wish for us to discuss, or if you have any questions, uh, you can get us on the frontlinepodcast.com and fill out the contact form and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Otherwise, thank you for listening to another episode of The Frontline. We look forward to joining with you next time. Thank you. You have been listening to the Sales and Marketing Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and hope to see you again soon on the front line.